Ray Allison here for Geek Pride, with a special Geek Pride podcast. Joining me today is Justin Achille. Justin, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Peter. Good to be here. Right. For those of you who do not know who you are and what you do, could you briefly introduce yourself, please? Certainly so. I am the brand creative lead for World of Darkness at Paradox Interactive. Um, about a thousand years ago, I worked at uh, White Wolf Game Studio. Uh, I worked on the World of Darkness then and have taken a kind of roller coaster ride through tabletop games and video games um, and have now arrived back at a place where, uh, once again, video games and tabletop games overlap in the World of Darkness here at Paradox. Brilliant. Now, last time we chatted was about this time last year, and uh, you were working on something else completely different. I think you'd just been finished working on Assassin's Creed. And at the time, you said, like, you know, V5 was a fresh start for Vampire the Masquerade, and it was a perfect time not to carry over any of the kind of the previous assumptions. So what made you return to World of Darkness? Uh, I uh, had finished working on, um, as you say, Assassin's Creed. I had worked on a couple of a couple of other titles in between there, some VR titles. I was working on Dune uh, last time we talked for Funcom. Um, and if there was one property in the world that could get me to leave Dune, <laughs> it was, in fact, the world of darkness. Um, and so uh, we had been in some conversations about that. Uh, the offer was made. I took the opportunity and uh, moved here to Stockholm. Um, I just, I love the world of darkness. Um, and as you say, like we're talking about last time, uh, a new edition was a great time to kind of set aside things that, uh, you know, were necessarily assumed um, in the past. And really what I'm looking at this to be is an opportunity to fall in love with the world again. You know, a new edition is a chance to to get back to, to do another dance with the one who brung you. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I really like about V5 is that it's not so much a new edition, but a reboot of the entire setting. Lots of the assumptions and mechanically and setting wise, it kind of reboots everything back to almost ground zero and start building up again. Um, so where do we go from here, in a sense? I, I have the same kind of, of impression of it. I really love that uh, the assumption is that players are going to play um, these kind of street-level vampires. Um, you are assumed to be, you know, kind of the default play now is that you are an anarch as opposed to defaulting to the Camarilla. Um, so I think that there's a great opportunity to... Um, over time, kind of play had built up and the experience of being a vampire, you want to be a vampire so you feel apart from humanity. You know, you want to feel uh, whether it's a cut above or different. And when everyone in the coterie is a vampire, you know, that's kind of tough to, to have your singular, you know, to, to stand out like that. And so there was a sort of power creep that, you know, players were uh, first we're going to play uh, Ancillae, then we're going to play, you know, move on to there from Elders, then we're going to get deeper and deeper into these sects. And the fifth edition is this great opportunity to kind of, as you say, hey, let's go back to the beginning. You know, let's start over. Let's let's start the character sheet at zero and and, and once again kind of make our way into this wondrous new world. Um, and so a lot of the work we're doing uh, assumes that, assumes that, you know, the player, whether they're a new player or a long-term player, is getting into the world and having a look at it with fresh eyes. Yeah, I mean, one thing, you know, I, one of the reasons why I wanted to ask you on uh, to the podcast uh, today was that last week saw some major announcements uh, by World of Darkness. The core intellectual property development would be done in-house. Renegade Studios are the new publisher. Sensitive reviews for all future releases. Um, the release of the Vampire the Masquerade Companion. As well, well as the return of Ravnos, Salubri and Shemis. 
however you pronounce it. It's, it's good enough. It's, it's a <laughs> wide world of people saying Shemisi differently. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's a lot to unpack. So, I mean, so reasons for paradox and wanting to kind of bring their kind of core IP development back in-house again? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, the biggest benefit to it is that um, as we're growing the World of Darkness as a brand, as we're building the intellectual property of it, um, what having a kind of central brain in-house lets us do is kind of define the universal truths for you know what it means to be a vampire, what it means to be a werewolf, what it means to be you know these various monster types uh, in the world of darkness. Um, in the past, it had been done by you know partners here, partners there, um, and so when someone uh, was building a tabletop RPG, they weren't necessarily thinking about oh I should make a concession to video games, you know I should write this from from this pr- perspective so we can be Used in video games, you know, they didn't necessarily care. They were just making a TTRPG because that was their business. Um, you know, same for like a, a, a book publisher or a comic book publisher partner. Um, they were working with the predominant assumption that, you know, we make comic books, so we're going to write this story for comic books. Uh, but as we bring it all in-house, as we have uh, the brand development happening in-house, we get to think about, okay, here's what's true of the brand, and this can be true of a TTRPG, and it can also be true for a video game. So there's a kind of holistic um, authenticity. You know, your experience in Vampire will be true, whether you're playing a tabletop RPG or a video game or going to a LARP or reading a novel. Um, and so that's really the, the strength it gives us there is it lets us deliver a consistent, authentic experience um, to players and audiences. Ah, so, so, so you're going for very much a multi, uh, multi-platform approach and doing it in-house kind of bakes that into the core systems of the, of the game and, like, the setting. Okay, what's that mean for World of Darkness going forward? And how will that this decision kind of impact future releases and the development of World of Darkness? Yeah, um, one of the things that is really um, kind of pays off for the uh, where we started. Um, the, the tabletop RPG is really our kind of foundation for everything. Um, so even though we're going to be making video games, kind of our, our square one is the TTRPG. And so there will continue to be TTRPG support. And in fact, we use the TTRPG in various forms of media to help them define what they're doing. So, you know, when you come to us and say, oh, I want to make a video game, you know, we can sit down together and say, great, here's what this is about. We can play a session of the TTRPG and, you know, kind of work out some of the details. You know, you as the video game uh, dev is going to say, oh, great, I can make, I can, you know, work this system into the game. And we on our end of brand development say, hey, that's great. But remember, you know, there's clans and there are different sects. So remember to get these important pieces of the experience in there. So we get like this really good uh, kind of mutual symbiotic or ecological development uh, between what the brand needs and what the individual expressions of of transmedia is how we're, is how we're looking at it really come together. Um, so what does that mean for TTRPGs? It means there's going to be a lot of ongoing support for it because it's kind of our foundation for the entirety of everything. Yeah, like, so it sounds like no, it's uh, TTRPGs are going to be the, one of the core elements of the World of Darkness franchise, but you're not being solely focused on that platform you're looking at all the potential platforms correct correct um and you know this this isn't a a weird thing you know this isn't an anomaly um in in games um when i was working at ubisoft years ago you know we took a tabletop uh kind of board game-ish prototype um that we had pitched for another game um and so this really is an extension of that sort of thing you know we get to take this thing that is a proven viable you know players are already playing the ttrpg and grow it into new media 
That's great. Um, how did Renegade Studios get involved with uh, Paradox and World of Darkness? Uh, that's a good question too. Um, Paradox is working with, or, or excuse me, Renegade is working with us um, on the Rivals card game. Yeah. Um, and once we started talking about, you know, the, we're already working together creatively on this. Separately, they had picked up some uh, other properties of their own, and they were, you know, starting uh, from the ground up an RPG uh, arm. But they've got some very experienced people in there working on it. Elisa Teague is working is their uh, senior producer of RPG materials. And so, you know, we're already working together. You've got this initiative that's getting going um and and elisa is a a white wolf player from you know she has plenty yeah. of experience with it um so you know the chocolate and the peanut butter came together and it really worked out great so basically it was just a meeting of minds and said okay let's let's build on this relationship and see what comes of it that's great mm-hmm. okay um the vampire the masquerade companion was a bit of a surprise i mean like it's going to be released next month and completely free um what can we expect to see in it? So the uh, Vampire the Masquerade Companion includes, as we were talking about earlier, some uh, the clans themselves aren't new. They've always heard of the Vampire, but it's the first time we get to look at the 5th edition versions of the Ravnos, the Salubri, and the Shemisi clans. Um, in addition to the clan material, uh, there is some... Uh, one of the things that I really like about 5th edition is that it assumes that the players are part of a coterie. And so we did an entire section on coteries from clan perspectives. So when you are a member of clan X and you're in a coterie, what does that mean to the rest of the coterie? So there's some systems in there that you can opt into. You know, there's some setting material that's in there. Um, there's rules for playing a mortal. There's rules for playing uh, ghouls. Um, so there's a whole bunch of fun new stuff to work with um, in terms of fifth edition presentation. Uh, there are new disciplines and discipline powers uh, that help you realize the the fantasy of the those clans that are included in there. Um, so the fact that uh, we're giving it away for free is really just the cherry on top to me. Um, so it's this it's it's a great book. Oh, and here just have it. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I mean, like, will that be released as a paper, actually a physical copy in the future at some point? Uh, in discussion right now. In fact, we were just talking about it this morning. Um, as it releases in December, um, it's going to be a PDF release, um, so we can get it basically into people's hands quickly. Uh, but we're also looking at uh, opportunities to turn it into a print release. Okay, I've heard a few people within like the, um, the fan community saying, it's great it's been released free as a pdf but just for the, i think the, it's the completest in them they want the kind of that you know the companion on their shelves just say yeah i've got it okay um there have been rumors that the sabbat might be uh, making a return to v5 um can we see some of that in the companion oh, oh for that matter is it true will we see the sabbat again I have never heard those rumors before. Uh, actually, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'll confirm that. In fact, I was just working on the Sabbat sect guide uh, in the other room before we took this call. Um, so, uh, yes, it is a piece of the vampire continuity that's in development. Um, in terms of seeing it in the companion itself, not exactly. Um, what we're doing with the clans there is kind of presenting them on their own terms. Um, and so if you want to have, say, a, uh, a Shemisi, you don't necessarily have to be a part of the Sabbat, even though historically they've been largely attached to the Sabbat. Um, so again, this is part of that fresh look, right? We want everyone to be able to realize the clan fantasies and then the kind of sect layer of things is something that gets put on top of it. All right, so just because your Shemisi does not automatically assume you are Sabbat, it's then open to player and game interpretation of how you want that game to be. That is correct. That is That's, correct. 
Okay. Um, obviously, you, we see the return of Ravnos, Salubri, and Shimisi. How have these clans changed or been updated and revised for V5? Great question. Great question. Um, one of the things that we wanted to do um, as we bring them up to fifth edition standards is take the clans and make sure that they have, that they realize a particular fantasy. So uh, one of the existing go back and we say, you know, this is the clan as X, right? Or the, a vampire as X. So a Toreador is, um, you know, the, the beautiful predator vampire. Um, the Ventru is the uh, consolidating power vampire. Um, you know, the, the uh, Tremere is the vampire as a, you know, a, a witch or, you know, a blood witch, a blood sorcerer. And so for the uh, Ravnos and the Shemisi and the Salubri, uh, we did that same thing. So the Ravnos look at the vampire idea as, uh, you know, a trickster, um, as someone who, you know, has a little bit of, maybe a little bit of Loki take on them, uh, but that sort of deceiver aspect where, you know, the, the vampire is showing you what you want to see, and that's kind of their allure. That's what brings you to them. Um, for the Salubri, it was the uh, vampire both um, as someone who's hunted, uh, because they have a history of, of being pursued by uh, those who want their blood, um, but also the vampire as uh, someone who's seeking redemption. Um, there's very few Salubri, and a lot of times the uh, exit from Salubriness uh, um, is, uh, you know, kind of moving past being a vampire, whether you're finding Golconda or whether you pass on that curse to someone else. You know, it's about transcending being a vampire. Um, and for the Shemisi, it's the vampire as uh, the dragon. You know, they've, they've always been, you know, Dracula is a Shemisi. Dracula means dragon or son of the dragon. And so um, the Shemisi are uh, the vampires kind of on top of their horde of collections, you know, whether it's uh, money or, you know, their crumbling castle on top of the mountain, you know, they are the one who possesses. They don't care if they win necessarily. They just want to have. Yeah, that's making me smile a lot. I mean, when I ever played a Ravnos, I completely ignored most of the background material and just focused on them being like uh, tricksters and con artists and yeah, just deceivers. As you say. So I'm really pleased to hear that. I mean, as I recall on Twitter um, early this year, you revealed that it was, I think you were the one behind um, the fall of Ravnos in the Week of Nightmares. Is that correct? So how does it feel to kind of, you killed off the Ravnos and now you're bringing them back? How does that feel? Uh, it feels good. One of the things that I, I like about it, actually, about the, the fifth edition take is really an opening of um, the clan concepts um, to fit more ideas. Um, you know, over 30 years of development, kind of an IP takes on a certain amount of uh, momentum. And again, what we're trying to do with the fifth edition is, you know, let's break this down to its core, its essence, um, and open up the ideas. So, you know, you don't have to necessarily pay attention to, you know, the week of nightmares, etc. If you just want vampire as trickster it's totally playable that way um, if you want to take in all of that legacy knowledge it's playable that way too and i think you know as players start to see how we've written you know the clan weaknesses the banes the compulsions they're totally playable if you don't know anything about the past but if you do know the lore i, I think that the ravnos uh, bane in particular is going to uh, to 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 make some uh, remind people of, of what it means to be a ravnos I'm looking forward to it. I, I, like I said, I just love playing the Ralph Knot. There's something so innately fun about playing like the, the Loki-esque trickster. Um, you actually, one thing I want to ask you about, you made an interesting comment about playing human in V5 Companion. Um, are we going to be seeing, like, I, when I was reading the V5 core rulebook, 
the thing that really stood out to me was the second inquisition are we ever going to get to play like second inquisition hunters in like the v5 world of darkness uh, so I can't commit to long-term schedule right now, but one of the things that I'm really trying to um, help communicate is that Second Inquisition is not an organization. Um, it's more of an event. The Second Inquisition is happening, um, and so it's happening because any number of mortal groups here and there um, are figuring out, oh my gosh, vampires exist and we need to stop them. Um, so you know, you can be a vampire hunter who's in you know the FBI or the CIA or you can be a vampire hunter who is a plumber and was you know went to a a uh, client's house and figured out oh there's something really weird about this and so you know you went back to the uh, the the headquarters and you went back to the office and got the other plumbers all you know good to go and so both of those are expressions of the second inquisition you know these are the burning times again uh, right now mortals are becoming aware of vampires and they are rising up to stop them at the same time that the beckoning in the Gehenna war is happening it's really a dangerous and therefore exciting time to be a vampire, but it's also an awesome time to be a hunter. Yeah, I mean, when I was like reading the, the Second Inquisition movement, it felt a lot like this uh, 90s British television series called Ultraviolet, which was basically a, a department of the British government that had become completely secret, been aware of, that had become aware of vampires. And was hunting them, actively hunting them down. Was that a touchstone of yours, or was that completely missed? The 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 show for me, I haven't ever seen it, uh, but so many people recommend it to me. Uh, yeah. But it sounds like that the crux of the idea is there, right? Like this is as a government agency, this is a really well funded group of vampire hunters, and that's absolutely part of it too. So we want kind. At um, you know even humbler beginnings, you know you don't have a chaos scope and a you know a, a, a automatic rifle. You know you've got a board with a nail in it and your plumber's <laughs> wrench. And uh, let's let's hope you see the next sunrise, right? <laughs> yeah, there, there is that certain desperation mm-hmm. right, in mm-hmm. being a hunter. Okay, um, where do we go from here? Where does V five and World of Darkness go from here? I mean, you you mentioned the beckon. I'm going to see more about this beckoning and what it means, and how it kind of the impact it will have on World of Darkness. So uh, the the beckoning was kind of the first wave of these elders um, in the in the in the setting, kind of hearing this call and being pulled away. And no one really knows what the beckoning is or where it's taking them. But there's definitely a correlation between the beckoning and the Gehenna War that's happening. Uh, the Gehenna War has you know almost completely destroyed the Sabbat, and so what remains of the Sabbat is this um, again similarly desperate you know sect on the ropes doing what it needs to to survive, and so. So there's some connection there. Um, I would definitely look forward to that coming up in the future, a little more detail there. Um, but uh, even beyond that, uh, again, I don't want to tease the schedule too far, <laughs> um, but there is uh, very much a sense of us wanting to make sure that Vampire makes its complete offering available to players. And there are many different ways to play a Vampire. So, you know, look at... My focus, having come back uh, to the World of Darkness, is very much on putting choices in front of players. You know, the World of Darkness is about these opportunities for action. Um, there's a, a lot less focus on, you know, this happened a thousand years ago and this happened 300 years ago. It's very much like, this is happening in your city now, go. And so there will be a fresh look at, hey, what can you do now? What can you do tonight? Make it more immediate. Make, make like the, the consequences more imminent 
That's a fantastic word choice. Consequence is such an important part of the world of darkness, right? You, uh, as a vampire, kill a mortal. Well, there are consequences for that, right? Uh, there's Every choice you have has an outcome that you're going to be responsible for, and that's true across the world of darkness, not even just vampire there. Okay. Uh, you, said, you said, like, the Sabbat was kind of, like, on its last stand. In fact, it feels like the Sabbat have gone from, like, a major sect to being more like, you know, a fundamentalist terrorist organization, like a really extremist organization where it's small, but when it kind of does something, it leaves a big mark. Would that be a f- fair analogy? We'll, we'll definitely be looking more into what it means to see, you know, to, to, to have the Sabbat experience going forward. Yeah. Um, but uh, even what's in print right now kind of alludes to this, right? Uh, the, the Sabbat is probably the sect that has most uh, suffered at the hands of uh, this, you know, the burning times yeah. emerging again, you know, that this, this is the era of the Second Inquisition. Oh, and at the same time, the Sabbat is being pulled away. Its attention is drawn by this Gehenna War. And so, you know, it is a very kind of it's the espresso of vampires at this point it's you know the the tight potent uh, yeah. uh you know very effective fundamentalist is, is a good choice of words there okay um one thing i want to ask like when developing v5 and going for do you have kind of any games you reference as being a point of inspiration one of the things that uh we really enjoy about um the fifth edition being able to the narrative, you know, it's right there in the storytelling system, storyteller system name, right? We're going to be telling stories together. And so one of the things I enjoy is moving more of the ability to um, have influence over the narrative from the storyteller to kind of around the table. Um, so systemically, uh, you know, in the past, we've had this idea where, you know, the storyteller is the dictator and they are going to tell the story and everyone else is kind of the actors on the stage. Um, but right now, I really enjoy systems that uh, move things out more to the players. You know, you can take risk more as a player. Um, I love, I love, I love the hunger mechanics, um, for example, because they've taken the idea of blood away from a resource management game and made it more uh, almost literary where, you know, I'm going to do this thing. Uh oh, I'm having a panic because I'm starving right now, which kind of creates these wonderful emergent situations that now everyone at the table has to deal with. You know, we were going to Elysium to present ourselves because we're supposed to. And now what happened? Right. <laughs> and so that's, I think, is, is the beauty of, of some of the more modern design that's in the systems there. Yes, I spoke to a few people. Everyone loves the um, feeding mechanics. Like the, the need, it's no longer about tracking blood, it's about tracking your need to feed. And you're never, ever completely sated unless you actually completely drain someone. And, and that's just, wonderful. I mean, that's just so critical to being a vampire, right? Exactly. It's just, it, system, systemically, it just, embeds in you are a vampire and you need to it's not about needing blood just you need to feed and basically the very uh, the the essence into the system so i'm yeah it was just blown away by it so really really impressed and it gives you a lot of room to to press your luck you know for you to decide oh i really want to use this you know this this discipline right now to make things go my way I'm hungry, you know, do I want to risk the frenzy here? Do I want to risk, you know, even the messy critical, right? You know, I, I succeed, but it's got consequences again, right? So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like you just kind of just, you take your chances and you know what's coming, but you might get lucky. So do you want to risk it? And it's just on that knife edge. And again, which is an, the essence of being a vampire. Yeah, um, 
2020 hasn't been the best year for many people. Um, <laughs> anyone, to be honest. Um, but so how has like kind of COVID-19 and lockdown affected V5 and World Darkness? Unfortunately, it has a lot of kind of cascade effects, right? And so, you know, printing takes a longer time and even sourcing, you know, stuff, materials to print too takes a longer time. Um, but uh, one of the things that we've been fortunate with is uh, with the ability to kind of create the game content, it hasn't disrupted our flow as much there. Um, so for me, literally being on work from home, um, as Paradox is, you know, I get up every morning, I make my breakfast, and then immediately, you know, get into, uh, you know, my, my drafts for Companion or for Shabbat or for things that are coming up. Um, and it, it, it reminds me a lot of how we used to do things, you know, back in the day at White Wolf, um, except right now, you know, there's a lot more access to, you know, player feedback. We're seeing firsthand, um, you know, these players are running this stream so here's how people are using what we're doing um so you know there, there really is a much more immediate sense of how the stuff is um and it really hasn't uh affected our ability to generate the content um at least in the sense of of that's part of why you know we're giving away the pdf immediately for free uh because we can because you know there's immediate digital fulfillment there yeah, it's like it's there and players can start using it immediately and become embedded within the game. Yeah, it's really good. Um, going forward, like I've heard like several people saying, like pharmaceutical CEOs saying by this time next year, COVID-19, things will be back to normal. You know, the, the vaccine will be out there, will be immunized, things are going to get back to normal. How will COVID-19 and the lockdown have kind of taught and that's essentially taught but like you know, um will paradox and will dogs learned anything from this experience and will it influence it moving forwards one of the things that we're learning is um, how to streamline the process and how to kind of uh, decentralize and work remotely. You know, I think anybody who's working in a kind of office or team environment is having to do that. Um, one of the larger concerns, too, at least for the brand, you know, World of Darkness is a contemporary brand. It happens in our world. And so... Right now, if, you know, quarantine and lockdowns and things stretch on for another year, that is radically going to alter the face of, you know, vampire so much. If you look at its history is about, you know, hanging out and brooding in the nightclub. Right. <laughs> and if you can't go to the nightclubs anymore, what does that mean for vampires? Right. How does a vampire hunt in an era of lockdown? Mm -hmm. You know, while there is personal distancing, you know, what does that mean to someone who's stalking you through the darkness? And so, you know, I don't want to linger on those sorts of things because right now they are fresh and they are tragic and people yeah. are having to deal with them firsthand. But if this, you know, extends and becomes the new normal, what does that mean for vampires? Yeah. So basically, how does a vampire hunt when no one's going out? Yeah. Very true. Very true. Okay. One last question. And I have to ask this. Given V5 and the, announce and the announcement of a 5th edition for Werewolf the Apocalypse, will we ever see a 5th edition of Mage the Ascension? Let's not rule anything out. I will not confirm. I will not deny. Oh. Um, but let's say specifically that uh, I am the uh, brand creative lead for the World of Darkness. I'm not the brand creative lead for Vampire and Werewolf only. Oh, okay then. Take that as we shall. Take it as we will. Okay, then. Because, I mean, like, love vampire, love werewolf, but mage. There's something about mage that just keeps drawing me back to it. It's it's one game in the world of darkness that actually has a concept of hope. Bend word with you, because you have the power to change reality. And, yeah. 
as up to well, you. I think, I think, you know, hope scales. Certainly there's uh, an amount of hope in the salubri, right? You can potentially yeah, but... transcend what it means to be a vampire. Um, ultimately, you know, looking back at Werewolf the Apocalypse and, you know, uh, Werewolf 20 and it's, it's about fighting this doomed fight because it's the right thing to do even if you don't necessarily win the war you can win some meaningful battles so hope is is you need hope in the world of darkness because if it's all darkness and there's no light what are you playing for right <laughs> <laughs> that's excellent thank you very much for joining me today justin um so thank you everyone for listening i have been peter ray allison speaking to justin achille and for the geek pride podcast stay safe everyone and take care of each other goodbye